Hey, Josh Felber here. Just wanted to dive in today. We got some really cool insights for you. Sales is all around us, whether we're selling in our company, whether we are trying to buy a car, we're trying to get the best deal. So we got to sell why we need to get the best deal. Anything that we do, there's sales always around us. So today's guest is going to drop some amazing insights um, that give you the seven steps that he utilizes to sell. And whether you're on the phone, whether you're in person, what any area of sales, he's going to be able to help you out. So check out today's episode with Cole Gordon. It's going to really blow your mind and give you some amazing insights on sales. Also, guys, if you love any of this freedom gear, gratitude gear, anything like that, they have the softest clothing. Majority of it's made in the USA, and they have really cool sayings, logos, and a lot of great merch. So like me, I wear it, gratitudegear.com. Go check out gratitudegear.com and grab your stuff today. You can use Making Bank 10 for 10% off. Use Making Bank 10 for 10% off. All right, guys. See you on the other side. You are, you are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. business. Yeah, well, I definitely wasn't good in the beginning. I was really right. bad. The one thing I always had for me was a really strong work ethic. So I, what, what really had me going for it is that a lot of other guys on the team, uh, even if they were a lot better than me, they still had a little bit of a job mentality. And, and some of it was they were using their sales career, or their sales job as a stepping stone to the next thing, which nothing wrong mm. with that. But they were doing that. Or they were, uh, you know, doing uh, the sales to make money, but they kind of had like a side hustle going on at the same time. What I decided to do was just go full tunnel vision and just really optimize every minute of my, around my day of becoming the best I possibly could be at sales. And sales is really hard, like to really kind of just fully dedicate yourself to it and review a ton of your calls, all of that stuff. It's, you know, it, it does take a full bandwidth. So not only did I obviously take the maximum amount of calls I took that were generated inbound, not only did I prospect a bunch and self-set, but at the same time, I was reviewing a ton of my calls, both my wins and my losses, which is really important. Just as an athlete breaks down game tape, a salesperson needs to break down their own game tape. So I was constantly reviewing and trying to get better. And I was going through tons of trainings and courses and I was hiring coaches. And so and I invested a ton into myself. And then I'd say the final thing is as well, is that... Um, I, I finally kind of, this sounds so common sense now, but you know, back then I was probably like 24. And so I was kind of partying a little bit and, you know, I, sometimes I stay up late and some days I wouldn't. And when I really started to treat selling in my profession, like I was a professional athlete to where like every day I got to wake up and play the game every day. And I got to make sure my energy's right. My body's right. My health's right. My focus is right. My, I don't have brain fog that I got the right night of sleep. And I started to get, you know, eight and a half hours or nine and a half hours of sleep and started eating really well. Believe it or not, that was bar none, the biggest thing that I did, which sounds so like, duh, you know? And, and now I'm like, well, okay, like, what do you, what do you know? But back then I was like, you know, 24 year old kid, I was partying, I was you know, drinking, I was chasing girls, I was living in Nashville, Tennessee. So I just wasn't doing any of that stuff. And when I really started to like, take care of myself in those ways, that's when I started to be consistent. Because before that, I'd have really ups and I have downs. Then mm. I started to get consistent because I had at that point, this was like probably six or seven months into my selling career, I had the talent. I just didn't have like the discipline. And then when, I, when you get both of those together is when you start to do really good. And then it's just about getting, uh, you know, 
just, just working at it more and trying to gain every little inch you can to get better. No, it's, uh, there's actually some you know, really good things. I mean, obviously taking care of yourself, you know, obviously, like you said, it seems like it should be the normal, like, oh, hey, this is, <laughs> I got to feel better to be better. But, you know, a lot of times, like you said, we don't, we don't realize that may be the one thing or one of the biggest things holding us back, you know, from success. Yeah, hundred percent. I would say the other thing, cause you know, just for the listeners, you know, hearing that type of advice isn't necessarily groundbreaking. It's pretty basic just to give them something a little bit more tactical. What I also discovered around that time, and I didn't do this, this will sound like something I'm like, you know, came up to market with, but it, I, I really just, this was how I thought of sales after doing thousands and thousands of sales calls is what happened was when I was like the worst guy in the team, I was always listening to the end of the sales calls of the best guys on the team. And I'd always expect to hear a bunch of objections and crazy objection handling and like all of this stuff. And I actually heard the opposite. I heard no objections and basically the prospect enrolling themselves, right? And right then and there, I knew that, okay, well, it seems as if basically it is not the objection handling and the verbal judo you're doing at the end of the call that makes the difference. It's really what you're doing all before that, which if anybody's mm. experienced in sales, like they're like, okay, like, duh. So what I sort of believed is that, okay, well, like how can I reverse engineer an objectionless close? Because that's what these best closers are doing. So how can I have the conversation in such a way where by the end of the call, they're basically enrolling themselves instead of me having the hard pressure and hard close them. They're, you know, looking at me as a leader and an advocate and authority, and they're basically enrolling themselves into whatever I'm selling. And what I discovered is that there's basically seven beliefs the prospect needs to have to buy. Okay, there's pain, doubt, cost, desire, money, support, trust. So pain is that they have a problem. Doubt is they have a doubt that they can fix the problem. Cost is they have, uh, basically, if, if the problem leaves unfixed, the cost or the consequences of leaving that problem unfixed is far greater than the consequences in terms of investing time, energy, money, reputation, et cetera, into doing your offer. And then desire is the compelling payoff that they get when they fix the problem. Support is basically do the people around them, spouse, partner, business, you know, board, whatever, support them in fixing the problem. And trust is Basically, do they trust your method or your specific methodology in fixing the problem? Do they believe that your solution is going to be the simultaneous explanation of why everything they tried in the past has failed and why this is going to be different. Okay. And so when you get those seven things, what happens is each one of those ties to one or more objections. So if you get those seven things and you really actually nail them, the only thing you can be left to left at the end of the call with is just logistics. That's it. Mm. And so, and it's easy to work through logistics when they really want to do it. We're just trying to make a way to get creative, to make the finances work or timing. That's, that's pretty easy because we're on the same side of the table. They really want to do it. But if you don't have those seven, they each kind of have a counter objection that will show up at the end of the call. So that's what I teach now. I mean, we've taught probably, I don't know, you know, I, I would imagine over 10,000 salespeople at this point, I could figure it out, but several, uh, a lot. And, uh, and that is the methodology that we teach. And I, I've always been told it's very process oriented and kind of systematic. And that's very nice for somebody who, you know, is not this natural extrovert, so to speak. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.